child to find their voice isn't that like the the best thing that could happen to kids you know in a time where i don't know you know i just want people to to find happiness in who they are and to feel empowered to be proud of who they are and to be able to talk about it without feeling scared or feeling uh, less than anyone else you are listening to the music and peacebuilding podcast a professional development network at musicpeacebuilding.com exploring intersections of peacebuilding sacredness community creativity and imagination through research and story. Sonia de los Santos was born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico. In 2015, she released her first solo family music album titled Mi Viaje de Nueva León to the New York Island, a collection of songs that reflect her experiences growing up in Mexico, moving to another country, learning about other cultures, and in the process feeling closer to her own heritage. Sonia has been hailed by Billboard as one of the Latin children's music artists you should know, and her album Alegria was recently nominated for a Latin Grammy within the category of Best Latin Children's Album. Because so many of Sonia's songs are gifts of playfulness, voice, and joy, this episode will explore the peace-building implications of musical playfulness, joy, and voice. As I prepared for this interview, my children, Joel and Leah, told me that there was no way I was going to interview their childhood hero, Sonia de los Santos, without them present. So, we start with their questions. How did you learn music? Well, I grew up in a very musical house because my, uh, my mom loves to sing. So since I was very young, around your age, maybe even younger, I remember listening to my mother sing in the house all the time. Uh, you know, while we cooked, while we cleaned, we would sing on our way to school in the car. Car rides were always about listening to the radio or a tape back in the day and singing along. Um, I think I learned to, to, to sing in harmony with the radio. At some point, I figure out mm-hmm. how to sing over over something else. Also, um, just listening to music. I didn't have any formal musical training. Um, only uh, singing technique uh, when I I started when I was in high school, and um, and that's the, everything else I've kind of learned through the people that I collaborated with. Uh, I've taken I took some guitar classes, and then I just kind of. Uh, try to learn on my own, uh, and then I picked up the harana. I think I've extended enough my <laughs> my response, but it's it's been very organic in a way that I didn't go to school for music. I've just really taken my experiences and then learning from other people as well. Mm. Well, did you ask your question? How did you decide that he wanted to make music for kids? Great question. I didn't know I wanted to make music for kids, but then when I got to New York, um, I was doing different things. I actually wanted to do musical theater, something you, you might not know, but I love musical theater. And so I, when I first came to New York, I, I did a, a workshop at a musical theater school and I was just auditioning for different, different things. And then I got a call from Dan Zane's office. Uh, they were looking for someone to join their band, uh, and, uh, 
specifically for someone who had Spanish as their first language. So I knew I had that and that could play a little bit of guitar and sing in English too. So, um, so I, uh, after I joined the band and I traveled with Dan and saw what it meant to, uh, <clears throat> to sing for children and families, I just fell in love with the idea and I really liked it. And then, um, Years after that, I, I started to put together my project, which was, you know, which is family music, but, you know, with a Latin American background, which is what, what I thought I could offer. What was it like to grow up in Mexico? Oh, it was really fun. I, I had a really nice childhood. I could, I had neighbors who lived nearby. I grew up in a, in a big city too. So sometimes when we hear Mexico, we think, you know, somewhere really remote. And I grew up in a city, uh, in a big city, big industrial city. Um, and I grew up in a house, uh, with a backyard, uh, something I don't have here. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, I was very close to my family and I had neighbors nearby. The food is great. I grew up in a city called Monterrey, and it's very close to the border with the United States. So even though I grew up speaking Spanish, I also grew up learning English. So that was really helpful because when I moved here, everything I had learned, I think I put into, it played a role into uh, surviving here as a, as a musician and as a newcomer to the city. You had your own question you wanted to ask her. Um, so... Are you inspired by Celia Cruz? I am inspired by Celia Cruz, of course. Actually, on my first album, uh, Mi Viaje, I have a song called Burundanga. And uh, and I learned, uh, Celia didn't write that song, but she kind of made it famous. I heard a recording of her singing that song, and I just loved it. And, and so it's in my album and it has a, a message of peace, really. And, um, it, it's, it's, you know, an acceptance song and it's a song that says love, you know, love one another and, and sort of respect one another. And, and so, yeah, of course. And she's, you know, beautiful singer. She's a woman, just powerful. So I feel like we're all very inspired uh, <laughs> with her work. You want to say anything else? No. Okay. Bye. <laughs> We're huge fans of the music, right? Thank you. Thanks for listening to my song. Yeah. Like, Joel, like, every time we go in the car, Joel's like, let's listen to Sonia De Los Santos. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so cool. Thanks. I love that so many of your songs seem to be about birds, and so I thought I might start there. Uh, from yeah. reading your from reading your lyrics, I hear that birds for you seem to capture a sense of wonder, maybe yeah. freedom, journey, exploration, and also a sense of home. And I, I'm particularly interested in La Golondrina, which, mm-hmm. which you write, I am a traveling bird looking for a place to nest. That's how I came to foreign lands, but I must never forget that family comes first and I should take care of them. And so I was wondering if you might tell us about kind of the memories of journey and your grandmother that seem to be embedded in this song. 
Yeah, it made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you know, that song, that song's very special to me because it's actually the first song that I wrote thinking about this project um, and sort of where I wanted to start telling my story. And, you know, I had no idea where it was going to go. Um, but the, it's kind of the beginning and it comes from a from an actual memory of sitting in my grandmother's porch. She lived not in my city. She lived in a city called Piedras Negras. It's a border town in Mexico, uh, border with Eagle Pass, Texas. And, and she had a porch. And on her porch, there was this nest with birds. Uh, and, and I, every summer I would go or like every few months I would, I would go and visit her. And, you know, she, you know, as I usually say in the concerts, uh, you know, one day I went back and there were no birds there. And I asked her and she said, oh, they are golondrinas. That's what they do. They are migrant birds. And I was like, what, what, what does that mean? And, and she told me all about it. Um, and, and, and something that, that I never mentioned, but since you're interested, the, her house was in a corner. And so the line to go to the United States, like there's cars there going by, like I can see the cars that are going all the time. So now looking back, I, I feel like I, I see all the symbolism in, in that conversation and how I kind of forgot about it. And then many years later, I, I was like, well, I maybe I'm a golondrina. That's a nice way to explain to children, you know, what a migrant bird is and, 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 you know, they, you know, just people as birds can, can travel anywhere. And, 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 and so I thought that was, you know, it's a very personal story, but, but I feel like a lot of people can, can connect to that, you know, no matter what age they are. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a common thing about birds and, and also there's the mariposa on the second album, mm -hmm. mariposa montuna, so, you know, the, uh, you know, dedicated to the monarch butterflies that make also that, that, um, mm -hmm. you know, travel, that journey. So I feel very connected to that and, 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 and feels very, very organic for me to, to, to talk about migration in, you know, using this, this, uh, metaphors and, and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, using birds, for example. It's a metaphor to me that has a sense of wonder to it, which yeah. is a, it's a really nice addition to the idea of migration. Sonia de los Santos's lyrics express journey through the wonder of birds and butterflies. When children enter intimate relationships with animals, real and imaginary, these acts, Severinsen and Woodard write, are spaces where children playfully explore imaginations of empathy. In many of her songs, Sonia imagines into relationship with birds and butterflies, building empathy, wonder, and a possibility that the story of migration can be a beautiful journey of discovery. Uh, in a different song about a hummingbird, you write of joy and gratitude, of looking at so much green and looking at your city. Uh -huh. and, then it, and then I love how it moves to a beautiful closure where, where it says, Yellow Hummingbird, you carry love from flower to flower. That's how you lighten up my heart, filled with so much inspiration. Um, I, I want to talk about the style of Son Rocho in a second, but mm -hmm. first, can you tell us about the inspiration of that song? Yeah, actually, that song, uh, I was on top of a mountain in uh, in Bogota, in Colombia, actually, not in Mexico. 
Uh, and I was with Martine, who's my co-producer and co-writer of all the songs, uh, the drummer in our band. And we had our, the Harana over there. We went to the top of a mountain. And just this hummingbird came like straight, straight in front of us and was like flying really fast, just, you know, here. <laughs> and we could see the city. It's a huge city and, you know, green, green all around us and trees and, you know, this beautiful, beautiful uh, landscape. And so we started writing the song there. Uh, Cuanto verde tengo para mirar? Cuanto verde tengo para disfrutar? How much green I can enjoy and, mm -hmm. and you know, I look at and I enjoy. And then just, you know, the, the hummingbird, so beautiful how, you know, they have their anatomy is perfect for to go from flower to flower. And, and you know, it's, it's just, a sense of wonder and, and curiosity too. And I went and researched about hummingbirds and because I was like, this is a yellow hummingbird. I've never seen one like that in Mexico. We have some that are like, uh, like blue and green and they're like a little shiny, but there's different kinds of, of hummingbirds. And apparently the one we saw is, uh, it's very special in that Colombian region. So that's where that song, uh, came to be. So you use cafe con pan. Uh, mm -hmm. repeatedly in the closing of that song, which I've also used to teach college students about kind of the African-influenced backbone of that genre of music, Son Jarocho. Um, but for music teachers out there who don't have maybe an extensive training in Son Jarocho, can you introduce us about what this genre is and how you introduce it to children? Yes, yeah, so Son Jarocho is a genre that um, that is from the southern coast of Mexico, southeast of Mexico, primarily the states of uh, the states, the state of uh, Veracruz. Uh, it happens also in other states around there, but it's primarily from there. And uh, it's a mix of three different cultures, our indigenous roots, uh, the African influence, and the Spanish influence. Um, so so we have this guitar, the, the guitar I, um, I play at shows. It's a, I play a regular six-string guitar, but I also play the jarana, which is a traditional Mexican guitar that it's kind of like a Baroque instrument. Uh, when the first guitars came from Spain and, and then uh, the natives uh, in Mexico also transformed them a little bit. That's like this jarana were made. And, and so this genre has those instruments, it, you know, the percussion in it, it's very influenced by the African rhythms and the Spanish rhythms too, and from the southern Spain, primarily like Cadiz, Andalusia. And so we, we use the café con pan, to, to, which means coffee with bread, to t teach the rhythm of the dancing. It's a very, San Jarocho is very percussive. And so we, we play that rhythm with the jarana, but we also play that rhythm with our feet on top of a wooden platform, the tarima. And we do a dance called El Zapateado. Zapato means shoe. So Zapateado is the dance on top of that wooden platform. And, and so the rhythm is Café con Pan. Uh, I actually have a study guide in my website that, that has a little workshop for that. I don't know if, you, if you've seen it. I saw it. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just breaks it down of like left, left, right, left. Right, right, left, right. So, so, you know, in a way, but there's, there's many different videos in YouTube and different places where, you know, where educators can, uh, look that up. 
for example, La Bamba is, is one of the main songs that came to the United States that was made famous here, but it's originally in that song harocho genre. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, I, from Mexican music, that's something that really speaks to my heart, like the, that instrumentation. And so, uh, we've written some songs that use that particular style. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I love, cause I love it because I can introduce the instrument. And I also can introduce the genre and, and, you know, the, when you, when you hear all those instruments and the dance and everything, it really brings you somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's what I'm hoping kids can be exposed to with the music. Let's listen to a segment of Colibri Amarillo. So in a very similar manner, you use La Maraca to tell us mm-hmm. about the style of Colombian cumbia. What makes cumbia cumbia, and what advice do you have to teachers who might want to introduce students to this style and heritage? So cumbia, uh, cumbia is all over the American continent, really. It's, uh, it's the backbone, they say, of you know, Latin music. Uh, it became so popular, but uh, it's originally from the country of Colombia. Uh, and in the same way, you know, there's cumbia roots that are played with the gaita, the flutes, uh, which are featured in the other song, Mariposa Montuna, but in, in um, from, a, from the city Alegría. But cumbia, cumbia, you know, in, in the way, the way it's presented in La Maraca, it's all about, you know, making the instrument, the, the, the maraca, the, the big maraca is very crucial to the, to the cumbia roots mm-hmm. ensemble. Um, and like I said, the genre has evolved in so many ways. You know, people in Argentina play it, uh, you know, in a different way or in Mexico. Even where I grew up in Monterrey, I listened to cumbia when I was growing up. It was more a cumbia de acordeón with a diatonic accordion, which we also have uh, in our in our band to, to bring that that sound uh, to. Yeah, it's mainly from Colombia and, and it's so danceable and it's easier to dance than Son Jarocho for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like people can move to it a little bit easier, uh, easier to follow, uh, and it's an instant crowd pleaser. encourage you to watch the new video of La Maraca on YouTube, because Sonia de los Santos's videos are a theater of joy and playfulness. 
Play is a critical part of solving impossible conflicts and disagreements. Ramsbotham, Woodhouse, and Mial write that instead of seeking to control outcomes, successful conflict resolution and transformation adopts playfulness as a way of exploring possibilities and opening minds toward peace. Maybe our children and children's music have much to teach us about the wisdom of playfulness. So let's turn to Alegria. Among the foundations of our approach to peace building is the idea of empowering voices and inspiring imaginations. And from that background of peace building, I, I can't tell you about how much I love Alegria because it talks about a light that's within children. It talks about using voices to make an impact and the crowing of gratitude in the sunrise. I was wondering about how you went about uh, deciding to associate joy with empowering voice in the same song. Well, it, it came from from uh, from that memory that I, you know, that I explicitly say in the well in the song specifically Alegría, um, and it's it's a true story. My mom says that I uh, that I was born with a smile on my face. Sonia, you you had a smile from the moment you you're out in the world, and I, you know, I'm always a little skeptical, and I'm like, oh, mom, all, all babies are crying when they're born. We're, we're brought into this world crying. What are you talking about? She says, yeah, well, you know, I cried a little bit, but from the moment, like, you opened your eyes and you saw the world around you, you were happy to be in the world at the very beginning, and and it's something that has stayed with me, and, and so, you know, we all have sat times and not only adults kids have bad days at school and 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 I'm totally uh, aware of that and I thought well how about this idea if I know I was born with a smile on my face who says that I don't have the power to bring that smile any day anytime when I think about about being born with a smile you know that makes me happy that makes me think I'm capable of pursuing my happiness right and and I don't think it's an elevated concept, you know. I think kids can totally get behind that. So that the power is is you know it's in here, you know. I have that light. And whenever when I was growing up, whenever my mom would see me sad for any reason, she would suggest that I sing, which mm. is something that that gets me so emotional because she knew that that made me happy. Uh, you know, kids can you know can maybe ride their bikes or read a book or you know do anything else but but just trying to find the things that bring us joy in our lives so we can you know stay positive even in, in hard times so what does it mean for you for a child to find their voice for a child to find their voice isn't that like the the best thing that could happen to kids you know in a time where where um i don't know you know i just want people to to find happiness in who they are and to feel empowered, to be proud of who they are, and to be able to talk about it without feeling, without feeling scared or feeling uh, less than anyone else, you know. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we can translate that into speaking another language, for example. Um, that's why I encourage kids to to speak Spanish and to to sing in Spanish, because I know a lot of uh, children in my audience are learning Spanish as a second language. But I also know that there's kids who are um, who are children from from immigrants in this country that are trying to hold on to their roots and trying to you know parents are trying to encourage them to keep the language at home at least because in school maybe they 
uh, you know, they're, they're learning English, which they should, that's great, but like not to lose their roots and to be proud of who they are. You know, I hope that they get the inspiration in the songs to, to, you know, to find that space to say, Hey, you know, I, it's my favorite thing when after a show, you know, a girl comes and says, my, my grandmother is from Mexico or, you know, they feel mm-hmm. empowered to share that. Uh, and so I'm like, wow, that's great. And the mom's like, she's never said that before. She, you know, she, she knows, but she's never told that to anyone. And they run up to me and say, I'm from Mexico too. My grandmother was born in, you know, Oaxaca or wherever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me so happy just to see them being proud of who they are. And, mm. you know, it doesn't matter which background they are, but, but just so that they feel comfortable sharing something like that. Play is a rich site for voice and finding out who we are. In the Cambridge Handbook of Creativity, Russ and Fiorelli write that in children's play, objects and persons can become new through pretending and imagination. It is a world where a dinner plate might become a steering wheel. Play like this opens doors to possibilities, where an object, like a plate, may mean many things. This is the imaginative, symbolic space of leaning in to new perspectives. We find our creative voice as we reinterpret symbols. I read to you the translation of the ending of Sonia's song, Alegria, because I love her imagination of the interconnected beauty of joy and voice. Alegria ends, My mom told me that life is beautiful and to use my voice to make an impact in the world. And that's how I know that on this road, my heart has finally found its destiny. Alegría. Joy. I love the Instagram video that you posted at one point of the children in the recording studio recording oh, yeah. the tracks for Alegria and yes. how they're moving and how, and how that really opens up their personhood. I feel like it's yeah. beautiful. They're beautiful yeah. children, and it was uh, such a blast to to work with them. They are uh, they're two uh, two pairs, one brother and sisters, and two sisters, and they're all cousins. So they're mm. family. They get along really well. You know they. They're, you know, so inspiring to work with. A recent research study found that when an adult reads a storybook that stimulates children's imaginations, preschool children are more likely to creatively play with toys and engage with each other using eye contact, smiles, and helping behaviors. Our shared journeys into stories and play are at the heart of drawing out our childlike humanness. Maybe 
our journeys into imaginative children's songs with our children build a capacity for play, smiles, and connection. Your music seems to balance the adventure of journey with the warm comfort of home and family. In some ways, family is kind of knowing who we are, whether your grandfather was a cowboy um, mm -hmm. or not. So in your work with children, what have you learned about music as comfort, home, and love? And then I'll ask you about what have you learned about music as journey and adventure? I think music, you know, as a universal language, doesn't matter, you know, which language it is in, you know, it is sung in, brings a sense of, of comfort in a way. I, I try to bring a sense of, of um, yes, of comfort, but also of curiosity, you know, mm. and and I, I, I find that Uh, children are especially interesting, interested in new sounds, right? Like, uh, I've gotten questions about what's that, what's that sound that you have in the song Daisy Mays, for example. It's a musical saw. Kind of sounds like mm -hmm. a ghost. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but children have asked me about that, for example. So I always... Or, or, or in Amapolita, which is a song that is more like a wino from Peru. We have this like thunder drum and we have the water drum and, you know, we have more, mm -hmm. more things that are ancestral instruments. And, um, I'm, I'm really happy about that because I, you know, a lot of, a lot of the music that I hear from in the children's world, a lot of it, it's great. And a lot of it to me sounds exactly the same. And mm. I can't, you know, I'm like, It, it, they all have the same kind of instrumentation like in the whole album and I try to make my albums as diverse as possible also in the in the instrumentation in the background of the songs you know try to have something for everyone you know there's a song for uh, you know having for example uh, if I had a hammer El Martillo in the first album uh, it's you know people from the 60s appreciate that so much you know when we do that grandparents are like yes You know, we, we love that. And um, so there, there's a little bit uh, in the songs for, I hope there's a little bit for, for everyone to connect to, uh, either if it's in, you know, a rhythm that speaks about home uh, and comforts them in that way, or if it's like a sense of curiosity and it awakens that um, mm. and, and an open sense of possibility too hard to translate into music but at least that's what I'm thinking about what that's what I want to do so you mentioned if I had a hammer and I know that you're at the Smithsonian Folkways Festival to honor the late Pete Seeger and I was yeah. wondering about your relationship with Pete Seeger and his impact on your music making uh, I did not grow up Uh, listening to Pete Seeger, that it's something that's, you know, that I don't share with, you know, people from my generation here or like Dan Zanes and Liz Mitchell and, you know, who are like my folk heroes here. I came to know about Pete Seeger in the last years that I've been here. I would say the last like 12 years, maybe I've gotten more familiar About, you know, Pete and Woody and, and, but what it is that, that really strikes me. And I've been reading a lot about them and, you know, trying to research and, 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 you know, learn about their songwriting and their performance style too, is that they were very, very aware of the, of the immigrant community 
and and they and you know in the workers community and they and they gave enormous support to you know to people to feel welcome in this country and that's something that speaks to me at a very personal level so that's why I opened my first album with this land is your land in spanish mm-hmm. and then I decided to make a bilingual version of uh, of el martillo uh if i had a hammer also song with dancing in the album um So yeah, my experience is like finding those songs and those songwriters here in the US uh in the middle of a political climate that seems a little hostile. Not not a little, seems very hostile mm-hmm. to immigrants such as myself. Mm-hmm. So so having that music um around and even if it's like from, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. It's it's incredible, and and so I'm working to you know to honor that and make you know make versions of those uh, in a way that you know I can share them in Spanish or in a bilingual way. And that festival was such an honor to be a part of it because um, they're all folkways artists. I'm not a folkways artist, uh, but but I do. They know I admire them so much and and mm-hmm. I've done this songs and I I'm behind them 100%. So so it was really great to be a, a part of it. Oh, that's so wonderful. Pete Seeger is quoted as saying that when a crowd joins in on a chorus as though to raise a ceiling a few feet higher, then they also know that there is hope for the world. Yeah, as we as we live in kind of these bruised and battered times of child detentions and mass shootings, it's easy for me to find a sense of despair. But I wanted to ask you about what to you offers the greatest sense of hope right now in your work as a musician and working with children. Uh, you know what gives me hope is that I think people are listening. It, you know, I, I well, such as yourself that are interested in the story. I have to, I, I want to say, I want to convey uh, that actually sit down and listen to songs and say, hey, I appreciate your message or I appreciate you doing this. It's important, you know, to have you to, in a personal, you know, level as a musician that gives me some fuel to keep going and and keep thinking about ways to um to share you know to continue to share those messages that I feel are are important that's something that I I consider all the time you know when when you know in the last election I not to get super political but I'll tell you about it I it was really hard for me I kind of felt like I chose a country to build my life in that more than half of the country did not want me here mm-hmm. That's all I could think about. And sure. I could think, what am I doing? You know, am I doing any good trying to, to do this and, 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 you know, being who I am here and sharing my stories, anybody appreciating this? And I know it's a very selfish way to say, oh, it's about me. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of how it struck me. And, 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 you know, I'll be honest, I, I cried a lot, uh, just, you know, going over that thought and, um, So that's always in the back of my head and I feel like, you know, I'm I'm very lucky. I'm here. I get to do what I want. Uh I can speak both languages. Uh I have people who love me around me, you know, my mentors support me. My you know, I look up to them and they have given, you know, all their support to me and so mm-hmm. That gives me hope too. Like I, I, you know, if they think I'm okay <laughs> doing this, <laughs> and they say, Sonia, you, you know, keep going, you know, keep, keep mm-hmm. fighting the good fight, then, then I say, okay, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm on my way, and, um, 
yeah, this is what I want to continue to do. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, for for me, I feel like music has been my way to grieve, and it's it's also been my way to try and move into a more humanizing space. I feel like, right? Yeah, <sighs> gives gives different space and and brings hope in in mm-hmm. such a different way. For more on Sonia's story of migration, I invite you to listen to a beautiful podcast interview with Sonia de los Santos on AS Podcast that will be linked into our website for this podcast. Our context of violence, hate, and war rob children of the opportunity for play and leisure, something the United Nations defended in Article 31 of the Rights of the Child. Writing of the losses of Syrian children in the American Journal of Play, Daniel Fellman writes that children often feel devalued and voiceless within brutal contexts. A child's play offers the revitalizing possibility of dignity, comprehension, and recovery, an integration of fantasy and reality that awakens human voice. As we seek to reclaim space for connection and care, may we free children from the literal and metaphorical cages of violence, freeing space for play. In the spirit of Colibri Amarillo, may we find the green to look at, the beauty of a sunrise, and tell each hummingbird of the healing power of gratitude and joy. Lisa Coops and Cynthia Taggart encourage music teachers to move into a sense of play in our work. Most importantly, play can give teachers a sense of joy and satisfaction. I asked Sonia of any message she would have for music teachers. Thanks for what you do. I mean, it's, uh, I'm not a teacher and I try to do my best, you know, making uh, songs and content that are didactic. Is that a word? No, didáctico is in español. That are that are right for children and that are uh, that are presented in a way that it's easy to to learn a concept uh, that also doesn't talk down to them. Um, that's something very important to me. So um, thanks for what you do and thanks for sending all the messages. You know, asking for songs and lyrics, and I try to answer everything I I you know I receive. Uh, it makes me very happy to to see that you're using some of my songs for like talent shows in schools, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really wonderful. I've I've uh, gotten some videos from Chicago from Spanish immersion schools that are using Colibri Amarillo, for example, and dancing from Jarocho. That makes me so happy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Desta es tu tierra and Alegría, and um, I I know a lot of you are are using our songs, so we'll try to continue to create more music you, you, you can enjoy with your students and uh, keep doing the, the great work you do. Oh, thank you so much. 
Special thanks to Sonia de los Santos and her band for permission to use the recordings in this podcast. And thank you, Sonia, for caring for our children, for including those who may feel excluded because of language, status, or exceptionality, and for your work in joining sounds of joy, voice, love, beauty, and hope with our children. References to research articles and literature on the power of playfulness can be found on our website. We offer a blessing to you listeners, inspired by the lines from Sonia's songs. May our adventurous spirits find the lush green hills of Monterrey. May our journeys, our migrations, be wings of discovery on the wind of hope and warm breezes of home and family, and joy. May we find the light of our inner child that crows our hearts to the sunrise, our dreams to the wind, our love over rivers of playfulness. May we fly on the voice of song. For more on the music of Sonia de los Santos, you can find her at soniadelosantosmusic.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Thank you so much, listeners, for all the comments and feedback you have left. Reviews drive listenership on iTunes, and we seek your help in leaving a review on iTunes or any other method of listening. After you leave a review, go to musicpeacebuilding.com review so we can send you a laptop sticker and a classroom peace-building poster. And while there, we also invite you to discover and share our groundbreaking master's program in music education and peace-building that is now accepting applications for classes beginning in May of 2020. This is the Music and Peace-Building podcast hosted by Kevin Shorner-Johnson. At Elizabethtown College, we host a master of music education with an emphasis in peace-building, Thinking deeply, we reclaim space for connection and care. Join us at musicpeacebuilding.com.